G'day boys, welcome back. Thanks. Big, big day, a very, very special guest. Brett Hetty's in the studio with us. Yeah, good to have him in. 1992-94 Premiership hero. For West uh, Coast. For, for West, West Coast, Coast. yeah. How are you, lads? Very yeah, good. Very good. Yeah. Good to have you here. Yeah, I'm uh, being a West Coast fan in the 90s. It's, uh, it's, a, it's an honour to have you here, so it's great, yeah. I was a young young bloke, you know, when I was in the, in the 90s watching yeah. footy. I used to wear number one. Because Brett Hetty used to wear number one. Was well, it because that, I was the very shortest bloke and they gave it to the little fella because of you, number one, back in the day? Well, that's what I'd like to hear. So yeah. was it the same system for, for you, Chris? Um, you'd come into a football club and they'd work out who the best player was and they gave them number one. Yeah, and yeah. that must have been <laughs> it, mate. Graded, yeah, yeah. graded it that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was number one because shortest by shortest and skinniest by about six inches so yeah. it was always based on the little bloke gets number one number and, one and, was and always the big fellas at 25 yeah you know? the big fellas got 25 <laughs> yeah yeah and then you had to get one of the seniors jumpers for the real big fella yeah yeah, yeah. Did you get to pick your number, mate, or what happened there? Uh, um, so I started in 39 yeah, at the yeah. Eagles my first year and um, Don Pike was number one yeah. And he just had an absolute crap year. Um, yeah. And the, uh, you know, the, the actual jumper didn't have a good history at that point at the Eagles. It had only been going well, four, was four years or something. Wally Matera before Yeah, that? I think yeah. Wally was in yeah. there first. And um, and Pikey just got all superstitious and said, I want out. Um, really? And at the yeah. same time, number two came available. So Kempi and I said, you'll be oddy. We'll, yeah, um, right. we'll just slot in there nicely right and go one yeah. and two. Yeah. Because you came through the ranks with Kempi, didn't you? Pretty much through at Subi. Yeah, so I got to see him just slightly before him because he's a um, Kalgoorlie boy. Yeah. But uh, he came, uh, we were both playing league the, the year prior. So we both played probably nine or ten games of league. And um, yeah, so we got Trevor Nesbitt was the uh, CEO of uh, Subi. Right. Yeah. And uh, they sent us out to the bush, you know, to play so none of the other recruiters could get a look at us and stuff. And um, and then got picked up at pick number 92. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, very low draft pick I was, 92. And uh, Kempi was 117. Wow. Uh, so, um, and that was just a terrific draft yeah. for the Eagles. They got yeah. uh, Peter Matera and yeah, Ashley yeah. McIntosh and Tony Evans. And, yeah. you know, they got a big nucleus of their yeah. side oh, that yeah. year. Dean Irving, I think, was in that, in that lot. Yeah, because you look at, if you had a look at the first three in... Because I think Matera went forward, didn't he? Pick three or four, yeah. Yeah, and the first three, I don't think did too much. Anthony Bannock, I think, yeah, might Bannock have been one of one. them yeah. for Richmond. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, and uh, he was a good player, but never sort of really yeah. played too much yeah. footy. Uh, but the Eagles did really well there. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah what, mm, a, what a draft. What a draft yeah. pick. Yeah, kind of the making of their 90s uh, success. So yeah. oh, yeah. building off that draft, wasn't it, almost, with all those yeah. players they picked up. Yeah. yeah. And then big buffhead Glenn Jakovic coming yeah, in the year yeah. after, you know, were sort of, uh, you know, top things off nicely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, well, you, you played 156 games in, what, nine or ten years? Felt like about 956, but it <laughs> yeah, doesn't yeah. sound very many, does yeah. it? But uh, half-forward flankers get belted a fair bit, yeah. I think. And um, I was a you know, midfielder my whole junior career yeah. and then got down to Subi and because uh, I was so skinny, ended up playing forward for, for Subi and that transitioned through the Eagles and spent my whole life trying to get back oh. into the midfield, yeah. but uh, <laughs> it wasn't happening. It wasn't yeah. happening with the midfield you had there. Nah, yeah, yeah, that was a pretty tough yeah. one to crack into. And two premierships. I mean, we don't need to sort of ask you about all those. I mean, premiership, two AFL premierships are bloody, you know, was anyone's it? highlight in their life and their in their sporting career, isn't it? Um, you won two of them. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, yeah. you play team sport for that reason, don't you? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, um, 
you know, the feeling of being able to share something like that yeah. is just amazing. Yeah, yeah. And it's so hard to describe, you yeah, know, just yeah. uh, just how good that is. And and the bonds still go now. Yeah. You know, you catch up with the guys. You might not see them for six months or nine months or, you know, two years. Yeah. You know, you might not see guys for, but you just know them so intimately. Yeah. Uh, and particularly with us, I think, because we spent so much time on the road. Yeah. You know, we were always on planes for, you know, four or five hours and, mm. you know, and bus trips, you know, when we got there and, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, we socialised together and it was, yeah, just an amazing um, opportunity, I guess. At the time, it was exhausting, yeah, you yeah, know, from yeah. time to time, but, uh, yeah, you got to know the guys really well. I often wonder about that, how much the, the travel um, impacted your careers. Yeah. You know, like just uh, in the short term with injuries and stuff like that. I mean, you know, you, you're getting on a plane, on a bus after a game of footy and you're battered and you're bruised and you've got you know, injuries and corks and you're, you're up at 30,000 30, mm. feet with air pressure or whatever. It's no good for your body. Travelling in itself when you're healthy is no good for you. And you blokes are doing it after a strenuous game of professional football. Yeah, mm. I reckon that's the one thing that shortened a lot of careers uh, yeah, yeah. for the Eagles, the, yeah. the travel back. Yeah. You know, the travel over, you were fine, you know, you were fresh and, you know, you were, you were ready to go type stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, you're right, you got corks, bruises, soreness, yeah. um, you know, and to sit in a you know cattle class for, you know, three or four hours, yeah. some of the footage of us getting off that plane yeah. <laughs> was not good after a game, you know, and, yeah. um, and that does take its toll and they do it much better now, you know, they give you one week on and one week off yeah but they used to give us a couple of weeks you know away before finals and then you yeah. have to go away for finals yeah. and you know so you, i think one year we traveled i think it might have been 1990 we traveled five or six weeks in a row yeah and there was a plane strike at that time so we we took off from perth and landed in kalgoorlie and then we went from kalgoorlie oh. to Ayers oh. rock and landed oh, there geez. and wow um and that was during the finals so yeah. you know you you get sort of through a game and you're back and you've got one training session and then you're back on a plane again and it's just too hard. Yeah. Do you reckon conspiracy theorists coming out at me now, do you reckon the VFL at that time did that purposefully? Like, oh, absolutely. You know, fuck these guys yeah. from the West. Who do they yeah. think they are coming over yeah. and taking over our league? 100%. You know, irrespective, yeah. Yeah. Of, yeah. irrespective of West Coast coming in and saving the VFL yep. financially, yep. you know. Um, well, he was an Essendon bloke. Now that I think about it, that uh, you know put together all the travel um, itinerary for the it? Eagles yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, just yeah. just uh, out of interest. Mm -hmm. Definitely, no, 90, definitely ninety three. Did, did he? <laughs> oh, well, was that the year Stuff that we finished um, in in uh, fifth place or something? And uh, they just wanted a, a final in um, yeah. in Melbourne. That's yeah. right. And so they uh, we played the eighth side. In Melbourne in the first week of the finals, yep. it might have even been yeah, Essendon. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I think Essendon were quite good that year, weren't they? They, they won it. Yeah, they they were, won yeah. it in '93. Yeah, yep. but yep. they knocked they knocked West Coast out. Oh, I think it was like the semi final or something, wasn't it? Little things yeah, like that wouldn't wouldn't watch these days, would it? You know, uh, little things like that. Those little there's just no way picturing yeah. thing manipulations. But they still work. do it. The Victorians, mm. you know, like the oh. headlines of in 2015 over there was something about Kennedy or. One of those ones, and it really threw them off. That's why they lost, I'm sure, 2015. Well, what about Collingwood? <laughs> they come over here once a year or something. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's a shame if you're a Collingwood supporter. You know, you don't yeah. get to see your, your side play twice, but... Yeah, is it once or twice? They well, their, their, travel, their travel's, what, 30 minutes in a car to the MCG every yeah. week? Yeah. They might have to Pretty go. Pretty much yeah. long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what they classify as travel. Yeah. Planes, oh, we don't get on planes. We're Collingwood, you yeah, know, yeah, we yeah. don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, you've got some good stories about Collingwood supporters, you've told me in, over the time. And just our history, like, uh, I've been fortunate enough to coach um, my son and, and Brett's son in the footy. Maybe Brett can... Uh, 
clarify a rumor. weren't weren't you coach of the year? Uh, West West Perth Certainly District coach of the year in uh, twenty seventeen. Uh, West wow. Perth District coach of the year. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty royalty. De- definitely no rumor. Yeah, uh, wow. absolute gun coach this boy. Yeah, and, uh, I can believe that. Even as uh, late as last year, I was still trying to get him back and uh, and and take the boys on. And um, but he did. He won the yeah. coach of the entire West Perth district, which is it's a fair huge effort. honor. Yeah, um, yeah, it was cool. It, you know, I think that was voted by you know parents and a whole. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty good. It helped that he used to sort of come out at quarter time with his shirt off and stuff. You know, <laughs> and, uh, the, the mums <laughs> loved it. There was a there was there was a serious mum vote in. Amongst all of that, I think rubbing some oil up on yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah, yeah, classic. Yeah. When you got a rig like that, though, oh, you'd no, get a shirt. Yeah. I wouldn't have a shirt on ever. I don't reckon. No, I, that's what I keep saying is to that, him. Is that uh, is that certificate still in a park at the front door at your house, rule, or have you moved that now? Ah, it is, mate. Yeah, it's, it's on the mantelpiece. Yeah, amongst all the others. Yeah, nah. But um, <laughs> if I'm looking that good when I'm 75, I'll be taking my shirt off too, mate. But, mate, um, yeah, my young bloke dropped out of footy and then so you've obviously taken the reins of that side last year. And how did you find coaching? Uh, challenging. Uh, very challenging, actually. Uh, it, was, um, it was a lot of fun yeah. and really enjoyed it. And I'm, uh, I'm coming back for a second year. Um, but uh, obviously at that age, it was an age of 15, some of the kids were six foot three and six foot four. There was one kid that was over 100 kilos. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the, uh, you know, the really small kids that are sort of more your sort of 40 to 45 kg. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the kids that, you know, sort of struggle to run a bit. Um, yeah. But it's still at an age where you're trying to give everybody equal game time, um, play them in as many different positions as you can, yeah. even though they're physically not suited to, to some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, we were up in quite a high grade and we were playing uh, your Swanbournes and Mosman Parks and, you know, th- that were getting their feeder systems from Scotch and Christchurch. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. um, and we, you know, we did super well. You know, yeah. we, uh, we beat those sides, you know, from time to time. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just probably just the fact that, you know, they're now at an age where... Um, some of the kids are super competitive um, and unbelievable athletes, um, but you're still trying to um, give everybody that enjoyment, yeah. uh, everybody equal game time, yeah. um, play them in different positions wherever you can. And yeah, um, and there's still only 15 on the field, you know, which you know, still blows yeah, my head. Right, really? <laughs> um, even this year at under-16s, we've still got 15 on a field, not wow. the full 18. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, when you're trying to um, place kids that struggle to run into yeah. a 15 aside, it makes it quite tricky. Yeah, that's the balance, isn't it? Like just um, trying to win games, be a successful side, but as well as having that developmental side for the part of it for the players, like, you know, rotating them around, even your, even your gun players, you know, swapping them from centre-half forward and centre-half back, you know, key positions, they need to have experience in both. I found that my daughter plays netball. She's been playing GK or GD since she was in her very first year mm. and they mm. pencil them in for that position and that's it for her career. She's never played an attack, never played centre. They pencil it in. Where I can, right, the footy is, is good in that the kids get a chance to yep. play different positions and find their, find their groove, you know. Yep. Yeah. So the only challenge in amongst all of that is if you put the kids that don't, um, can't, um, do certain things yep. in very central positions, um, the other kids get, the games go start to yeah. get annoyed, yep. mm. um, and you know you don't want any bullying whatsoever, and yeah. you, you know you want uh, to be a cohesive unit, you know. And right. I just I got a bit of a sense of that last year. There wasn't anything 
specifically said, but um, you know the kids would work hard, obviously, and get it in, and it just come straight back out again. And yeah. so there's a lot of challenges in in junior footy, mm. and then you got the, the you know the parents. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I don't know how you handle Mondays, Dave. I yeah. mean, my phone just used to run off yeah. a hook, uh, um, just with the you know how do you think little Johnny's going, and um, and so on and so forth. And yeah, right. Monday was a full day, full on day for that. Yeah, but, um, right, take right. time off work to <laughs> get back to all the texts. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but I loved it, and um, you know coming back again this year, and um, you know we've started pre season a lot earlier. Yeah, got them doing some running and swimming and all sorts of stuff, and awesome. they're complaining like crazy, but. Uh, yeah. What, think, a, what a great opportunity for these boys to be coached by an AFL player. Yeah. You know? they, they would, yeah. Not many pl- kids would get that opportunity. Yeah. Are you able to um, like uh, bring in some of your experiences from your playing days or coaching, or has it changed so much that bringing something in from those 90s days, from your, your playing experience and from coaches gave you, to, to coaching young boys now, are you able to bring some things in or is it just totally different? No, definitely. I mean, uh, when you're around footy, as you guys have been for so long, you know, you sort of understand certain elements of the game and certain elements of the game never change. Yeah. You know, you still got to win a contested footy. Yeah. You know, you still want to play the ball in your half, yeah. you know, so, you know, centre center clearances, you know, stoppages around the ground, that sort of stuff. It's still critical that you get yeah. the ball going your way. Um, other things have changed unbelievably over the years you know it was a back in the 90s it was very much one-on-one wasn't it you know and Mm. and you know we had a full forward and we had you know at least one other player inside 50 and you know you could get the ball and kick it long and know that it's going to go to you know a one-on-one target um and then yeah everything got sort of thrown on its head with um with zones obviously you know and then we had the rolling zone didn't we with with clarko for a while yeah um and you know there seems to be a massive emphasis now on um you know getting the ball inside 50 so clearance is really important again and then you know manic pressure to try and keep it in there there, so you got your richmonds and collingwoods and these sort of sides that now just, you know, they push all the players up the ground. You'll have the fullback that's sitting at the centre square, basically. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they try to make sure it stays in that half. Yeah, so wow. you get that repeat opportunity. And, you know, the small forwards have become absolutely critical. Yeah. yeah. You mm. know, because yeah. they're the ones that provide that sort of manic pressure. Yeah. It's really conducive to flow on footy, though. You know, you get all these little short, sharp kicks because it's so congested. You know, a lot of um, ball handling errors. Oh, just, yeah. If you can break that congestion, though, it, it moves yeah. pretty quick. Yeah. Breaks away and, you know, they've got that flow of, we're talking about Pagan's Paddock, so mm. the last episode, that kind of, it was almost leaving that forward half empty. And if you can get it over that in your section. Yeah. We were talking about other, um, like, you know, back in the 80s and 90s when, well, particularly in the 80s, footy seemed quite raw and more um, indigenous, you know, to, to its natural form. But coaches seem to then go to other sports to gain certain get certain plays that they could use in the footy sphere. You know, like basketball, like the zones and all that sort of thing, and and soccer. Yeah, they t- they they tweak things, don't they, coaches? Mm. And um, they're very good at slowing things down because you, you know most coaches are petrified of free flowing sort of footy. Mm. You know, unless you're Malcolm Blight, you know that was you know all out attack type stuff. You yeah. know, they they want to slow it down, um, but it's um, not conducive to viewing sometimes. Uh, I think we've got better over the last couple of years. Yeah. I think scoring start to sort of rise yeah. a, a little bit again. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, there was this rolling mall, you know, just mm. around the ball. And, 
Oh, that was hard to watch. Yeah, yeah no, it was I, like I was keep coaching my son. Was, yeah, it was like yeah. yeah. Everyone follows the ball, yeah. and yeah, and it was yeah. too rugby like for me. And yeah. um, and you know, not being a rugby person, I really struggled with that spectacle. And you'd go to a game, and there was twenty blokes around the ball, and you know, and um, just so much space everywhere else. And um, you know, they just wanted to keep it in there and and um, and get another ball up type stuff. You know, so uh, it's hard to tweak things, though, isn't it? You know, because the coaches just again adjust and mm. and and do something different but you know i'm just getting a feeling that we're starting to get back to a little bit yeah. of uh free-flowing footy because you know back in the 90s it was just you'd get to one in one end to the other really quickly yeah, yeah. and it yep. was an you know i think it was an awesome spectacle 20 yeah, 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 27 yeah. goals 25 goals you know you'd have 50 yeah. goals kicked in a game yeah now you're struggling to get 20 goals well you in total you kick what 47 in one year or something off a half forward 90, 91? Well, I don't know exactly my stats, but you know, it must have been just over 50, <laughs> surely, Dave. Yeah. You know, was, <laughs> 53, mate. Yeah. Right, mate 50. I, I was a very high half forward. You yeah. know? I didn't yeah. sort of spend much time inside 50, and that's primarily because Peter Sumich told me to piss off every time <laughs> I, every time you ran inside 50, you'd be yeah. yelling and screaming. Yeah, yeah. He thought the any other forward other than the full forward was not deserving of that space. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. um, but uh, I, you know, last year... Wasn't the leading goal kicker at 58 or something? Yeah, that's, well, that's what, what we talked to, about. Crazy. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, so 47 or 50 goals yeah. off As half a high forward. half forward, yeah, in, in now, the day. Now, full forwards aren't hitting that. No. You know, uh, a yeah. common medalist, is, you know, it doesn't even crack 100. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely crazy. a pioneer of that spot in, in the 90s, kicking 50, let's say 50 plus in that year. Yeah. yeah. Second yeah. second year of footy too, 91, wasn't it? You, second you, year, yeah. Yeah, 90. Yeah, mm. yeah, pretty good year. On that, so, in, sorry, mate, you go. Um, yeah, I was just talking to Ashley McIntosh yesterday, and um, you know, he was the most super athlete I've ever mm. seen. Basically, him and Fraser Gehrig were the epitome of yeah. you know, they'd run 111 seconds, they could bench press you know, 175 kg, squat ridiculous wow. amounts, yeah, yeah. wow, very rarely beaten for strength, um, but also could run, yeah. You know, and um, he used to play on you know, Jason Dunstall and Tony Lockett and, you know, these sort of, you know, power forwards. And, you know, they were kicking 100 goals every year, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, and some sometimes big hundreds, you yeah. know. Yeah, um, It didn't affect Ashley because he'd be asleep 10 minutes prior to a <laughs> yeah. game. With, you know, everyone else is running around ready to run through walls and uh, the laconic um, Ashley McIntosh was asleep, you know, just yeah, sort of, you know, yeah, saving, right. saving his yeah. energy. Yeah. Which is probably a good thing when you got to go out there and play on Lockett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was a beast, Lockett, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, scary so man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very scary man. Well, that's the yeah. thing. He's a full forward and he's kicking a hundred goals every year. But if you got in his way, he'd run, run through, through you yeah. and yeah. absolutely give you one of those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sort you right out. Took out Peter Cave in that day, didn't he? Well, Speaking <laughs> was the twelfth man? Remember oh. the twelfth man? That oh yeah, right. talking about Tony Lockett headbutting uh, t- Peter Cave and head- headbutting. Uh, Lockett's elbow. <laughs> <laughs> that was brutal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Yes. You just don't yeah. see that in the game anymore, do you? Uh, like it's changed a lot from that really oh, yeah. tough style of footy in the 90s and it's more clinical and sort of just a very different game now. But yeah. I really miss those 90s yeah. uh, sort of epic matches and there might be a bit of a dust-up in there. And yeah. I used to really look forward to watching it. Yeah, yeah. and you had the, yeah. um, the match-ups too, didn't you? you know, oh, like we were yeah, talking about before. absolutely. The I one-on-one. Mean, back one in on the one. day, yeah, the Kerry jackovic match-up, you know. And yep. you'd, or there'd be some in the midfield, like, oh, I can't wait to see these guys yeah. play this week, you know, because they're matching up. You don't see that these days, yeah. you know. People a lot would of turn up for that, yeah. watch mm. that, how that duel went. That duel, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, yeah. 
Yeah. Now, speaking of shit mixes, you got shit mixed um, in that game against Footscray here, eh? Um, or Western Bulldogs, they're called these days. Yes. Uh, at Subi. Yes. Oh, yeah. My um, fault. My fault. 100% idiot. Well, <laughs> you listen to the That's commentator. The commentator that really pays yeah. out on you, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 He didn't protect himself very well. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that, I, think that was, that. I think that was Roscoe Glendening. Uh, you know, West Coast Eagles, uh, absolute legend and, yeah. and absolute legend of a bloke. Yeah, but um, yeah. he was right. You know, like I'd... Um, yeah, the, the ball wasn't bounced. a decent handball though, was it? It kind of fumbled. To it, you. it missed, and I think then it bounced yeah. and it bounced yeah, up. Yeah, it popped yeah. up. And I sort of led with my hands and should have led with you know a lot more side on. And Steve Wallace, that you know we were beating them pretty heavy, and um, yeah, he just his eyes lit up. He was a hard man, <laughs> and he was yeah. like um, full on. And then um, yeah, and I don't remember obviously much of the blue because I'm completely out. I'm out for. Yeah, a good minute, I reckon, yeah. maybe a minute mm. and a half. And I only woke up on the stretcher on the way down when they, you know, threw me off to go back and get Peter Sumich, yeah, who'd right. been um, choked out. Choked. Yeah, choked yeah. down. Yeah. And, yeah. and Danny Southern, who was the guy that was choking him, was, um, you know, training with us that year. So he'd done the whole preseason oh. with us and then oh, got right. picked up. But huh. um, he didn't realise, I don't think, that Summer couldn't breathe because yeah. there was such a pack on him. Yeah. And he just had him in a headlock, a choker hold. And um, so when I actually. Um, Came to down in the, the change rooms, um, they were trying to revive Summer. So he came very close that di- wow. day to dying. Wow. And his old man, who wow. was um, a ha- head of a public company at that stage and great business guy and very hard sort of guy um, in terms of business, you know, he's bawling his eyes out. And then I'm just like, whoa, you know, what, what's just happened here type stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah so it could have had a really bad. Um, in that day, that could, yeah, that could have mm. gone really. And bad. now you've yeah. got concussion protocols that are full on. Like, did you go back and play the week after, or did you? Normally, when you got concussed, you'd go back out there. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I probably played two or three times concussed, and yeah, um, and that in itself is just very weird because you're sort of out there and you're sort of in la la land. You're not really, yeah. um, mm. you're not really ready for impact. You're not really ready, you know, for what's around you. Yeah, you're not really but, there, are you? You're not. Mm. Totally with it. You, you've just gone through the motions, sort of thing, habit. Um, you know what you're doing, sort of, yeah. but you know you're not sharp. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I definitely played the week after. Um, yeah. yeah. Didn't miss games for concussion. Do you ever um, think about? Because uh, I've been knocked out playing footy a few times as well, and I often think whether that has affected my, you know, short-term memory and things, or or anything like that. You know, they reckon that the side effects don't happen until later on in life. Do you, do you ever... Oh, there's lots of guys that are struggling, isn't there? Yeah. I think yeah. John Barnes and um, you oh, know, right. there's a whole heap of AFL guys that are um, really struggling. Greg Williams, I think, is struggling. Oh, really? Um, you yeah, know, so wrong. there's a lot of guys that are in bad ways. Yeah. Um, so far, so good. You know, I, I don't feel like I've got any issues. Yeah. You know, if I call my wife the wrong name, you know, it's, it's, you know, you know I, I say it's concussion. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> Got a few hits. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Uh, at this stage, it's uh, it's all good. But uh, you know, I know a lot of guys that are having a few issues. Yeah. I think that I think that's a pretty good thing, really. Yeah. That concussion protocol, whether it works or not. Yeah. Y- you look at the American footballers; they're having massive issues. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, they're both dying from it. Yeah, and, and then, you know, doing some crazy stuff, you know, um, having some real mental health issues and, yeah. yeah. So it's probably it's probably a good thing. Yeah, because didn't even um, Polly Farmer, didn't they do, confirm that he had That's that? Right, they yeah. did an autopsy on his oh, brain or something and he had that, yeah. whatever it is, what it affects the brain yeah. causes it and that mm. was evident in his. Mm. Well, that's yeah. the thing with AFL, isn't it? You, it's it's 360 degrees. You, mm. you just never know where you're going to get hit from. So, yeah. you know, I think anyone who plays it for long enough ends up getting 
you know, hit and yeah. get hurt and, yeah. and concussed. And you're right, um, Chris, it's a, definitely a, a good thing, their yeah. protocol. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think that it's out to 14 days or something now, is it? Yeah. Or is, yeah. it, or is it 10 days? Uh, oh, there was. You, you missed the week. Ten, you missed the next, the next week. week's gone, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, which gives it yeah. pretty much fourteen days, I think. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. But then you get the um, cases like the young um, West Coast Eagles um, lad that uh, basically ended uh, up retiring. Venables, yeah, yeah, yeah um, that was shocking. That one. Yeah, you know, he went back and got a knee to the side of the head, and you know, he never sort of really got away from the constant headaches. Mm. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's a part of our game that um, you know, that hopefully they keep getting better at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How you going there, Mick? Yeah, good. Good. I could, I could sit here and listen to him all day. These guys were uh, <laughs> these guys were my heroes back uh, back in that era. W- one person I'd love to ask you about, Brett, um, from the perspective of leadership, was was John Walsfold. Uh, you know, l- looking from the outside in, he just seemed to be a bloke that that really led. His leading soul was one. You know, he led by example, and he—if there was ever a guy who needed to fly the flag for for his teammates, it was him. And and there just seemed to be this aura around him. Can you offer us any insight into sort of the leadership um, at the club at the time and that sort of thing? Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, the aura was around him, and it was hundred percent deserved. Um, uh, you know, when you put guys on pedestals, um, you know, John Walsall is, you know, right up there. And I think anybody that, um, that's ever met him would, uh, would say that, um, it was, it was, uh, a, a time where, um, obviously playing for the Eagles, you had a, a crowd that was a hundred percent behind you in, in Perth and, mm. you know, a hundred percent against you in, in Melbourne. And, um, you know, sometimes that became a little bit, um, uh, you know, over, don't know what the right word is, but you'd you'd be playing in Melbourne, and you know the crowd was against you. You know the the, the flow of the game was against you, yeah. um, and you needed something from somewhere. And and we had um, Wusha, and we had Peter Wilson, we had Carl Langdon, and we had probably Tony Evans. They were the four, and they'd just clean somebody up, or um, you know yeah. they'd you know, just go out of their way to lay a massive tackle or it wouldn't necessarily be a goal or something like that. But um, we had those guys and, and Wush was the, the number one for that. Yeah. So um, on field, he was just incredible. Yeah. You know, he just didn't take a backward step ever. Even if we we're four or five goals down, you know, he would never take a backward step. And, and, and in terms of his um, leadership, in terms of vocal and, you know, um, you know, setting the example, you know, he was a strong fit. Um, big bull, yeah. you know, that worked really hard mm. on the field and also in the gym, and um, yeah, he just he's got this aura about him, you know. He's he's um, he's not necessarily a boys' boy, you know. Um, like he wouldn't probably come out and socialise massively with us, um, and that sort of just added to the aura, I think. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Because yeah. you would have had to match up against him in your scratches, wouldn't you? Like the likes of him <laughs> and you, Bluey McKenna, backline yeah. players. You would have had to. Yeah. Line up against them. Well, you get asked so many times who your hardest opponents are, and my hardest opponents were hands down pre-season, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, you'd either get Blue, Bluey McKenna that was a machine and would just run off all day long, you know, chasing kicks and making you, you know, use your energy to chase him. Um, and then you'd get um, John Walsfold who'd be sitting there all day long and he'd just be pinching you, you know. He'd grab you around here. <laughs> oh, one of those. Just all day long and then uh. he'd be grabbing his studs and he'd be running them down the back <laughs> of your leg and and I'm like, yeah, whoosh. 
yeah. it's pre-season, yeah. mate. I, you know, he says, I've got to prepare your jobby. I, I, <laughs> I've got to get you ready, he says, you know. And I'm just like, all right, oh. Yeah, but the only way to get him was to run. Yeah, you know, yeah, I right. used to be able to just get him later in the game yeah, if yeah. I ran. Mm-hmm. But if I if I didn't wear him out, you know, you, you could never beat him because he was so powerful yeah. um, and uh, so strong. Yeah, because yeah, he got um, – he got Ablett in that grand final, didn't he? After Ablett knocked out Pike, was that uh, that yeah. was that was one of my favourite bits because uh, that I think that maybe turned the game. I don't know, Geelong maybe kicked a couple. That no, was really it was good. the number one going in the centre, you know, in the second quarter that no, t- well, that turned was, the yeah, game definitely. on its head. You know, no, the, uh, the half forward yeah. going in there and you know picking up couch and stuff, Dave, that yeah, yeah, turned yeah. that game. But talking <laughs> about sure. that that particular incident, Wush didn't know who had hit Pikey. Oh, right. But, you know, you talk about how the game's changed. I mean, Ablett's just come come out and literally lifted his elbow and put an elbow to the jaw of Pikey, knocked him out cold. Pikey's come back on, what, 20 minutes later or something, but he was completely out. Um, But Woosh was looking around and wasn't sure who had hit him. I want to get someone. But Carl Carl Langdon just charged down there and he'd seen it, I think. And, uh, you know, he was um, trying to rough blokes up and whatever else. But, um, yeah, I think Ablett was quite lucky that Woosh didn't know 100% who had actually belted him that time. Um, But, yeah, he's a tough guy, Woosh. And, um, you know, and he'd he'd be relentless too, you know. Once he was on you, he was on you and he was whacking you and he was, um, you know, some of those first couple of derbies, oh, my God, he'd be running around with cleaning up Winston Abraham and cleaning (laughs) us up and he was just like, you could just see the rolls of his eyes, you know, and he's just like, I'll just stay over the other side for a while, I think, and and keep away. Yeah. Do you reckon that adversity you spoke about where you went to Melbourne and everyone hated you and you're doing all the travel, do you reckon that made you a stronger team? Like it sort of forged a bond with you because you had that when you went over there and you didn't have much support, it forced you guys as a team to sort of be be tighter and stronger or something them. like that? Yeah. yeah. Do you think that sort of helped you be such a strong team? Malthouse was really big on that. So, you know, he used to, you know, try and work that to our advantage for sure. Um, but, you know... I can't see any way that it doesn't, you know, because you'd go from having forty or 50,000 people roaring for you to, you know, the same or slightly less, you know, absolutely hating you. And, you know, they used to do some despicable stuff um, <laughs> over there. I'm, you know, a couple of things that come immediately to mind is, um, you know, they used to urinate in cans and we'd have oh, to walk down the, the, the yeah. you know, the... the the oh. race and they'd be pouring that on our heads at that would half have been time. Collingwood for sure, eh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Collingwood and Essendon, I reckon. But they were small suburban grounds in my first yeah. year. We yeah, played yeah, yeah. at Victoria Park. Yep, I remember um, going out there. Yeah, well, and there was uh, Windy Hill. So yeah. Yeah. At, the, at Windy Hill, the crowd was a meter from the um, boundary line because yeah. they were just trying to make it bigger. You know, yeah. such a small ground and. Uh, one year, I think it was 1990 or 91, one of the um, spectators got Don Pike in a headlock and was actually <laughs> holding him in a headlock when, when there's a, a, a stoppage at the boundary oh, yeah. line. I mean, wow. what would they do to that dude now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh wow. Oh, yeah. Banned for life. Jeez. Yeah, so I think, I think it does. It, you know, it, it's got a bond you. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, and obviously the travel does as well. But, uh, you know, there was a lot of experiences in there that uh, made us really tight. Yeah, um, yeah. Would one of them be, I remember listening to a story from, I think it was Worsfold, and he was talking about flying back and coming off the plane, going immediately to nightclubs, and Jakovic wearing his West Coast Eagles tracksuit to Rumours or Gobbles or one of, one of the old <laughs> one of the old ones back in the day. That'd uh, that'd really bond you, I reckon, going yeah. out and. Boys, he's got his tracking on. The old Aberdeen Arcadia rumours yeah. days. <laughs> Gobbles. Yeah, 
Were they nightclubs? Were they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they we had um, four hundred dollar drink cards at, at Rumours, oh, so yeah, you'd yeah. go straight from the plane, and you'd you know most of you are wearing your tracksuits, and the moment yeah. you walk in, you, everyone gets four hundred dollars, and you know they'd have twenty. Oh, of them. That's per person four hundred bucks. Per person. Wow. Oh wow! So it was twenty. And that's nineties money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> drinks were about a buck back then. Yeah, that's, that's like yeah. a thousand bucks these days. Yeah, <laughs> and they'd um, yeah, so they'd, they'd be twenty or twenty one of those, and you'd only get probably twelve or thirteen that were come out yeah. so you know uh, us young blokes had 800, 800 bucks each and yeah. they'd um, cordon off a you know, whole section and they'd put the um, they'd put the game up on the screen so there was a massive great oh, screen yeah. and we just used to think this how good's this you yeah. know uh, yeah. you know celebrities bloody rock yeah. stars you know you'd yeah. be yeah. talking to the girls and you'd say oh hang on hang on I'm just about to kick a goal <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you'd yeah. know watch, you know, watch this <laughs> <laughs> that sort of stuff yeah yeah, yeah good days good yeah days. yeah yeah, Kings that, that's town, what the yeah. other boys said happened anyway. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't ever there, yeah. but uh, you know, yeah, so well, Sunday, know, yeah. Sunday morning recovery. That's what they told me. Yeah, John and Nia, I heard rumors that John O'Neill, if you played a bad game, he would run home from the airport. Hundred percent correct. Yeah, well, wow. yeah. So yeah. Um, uh, he, I think, lived in Claremont. Yeah, so right. it's a good hike. That's good effort. Yeah, um, but he was um, a beast, wasn't he? He was a fit, fit dude. Like he was strong. He looked like that. Um, he was that guy from Fitzroy. Uh, was stacked back in the eighties. Oh, Michael Osborne was Osborne. Michael Con- Mickey, oh, Conlon. 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 Mickey Conlon. Mickey Conlon. Yeah, yeah. He would look like Rambo. It was huge. So my first training session at the Eagles, uh, I'd come from uh, Subi, and I was seventy kgs. So I was skinny as, and um, yeah, we had a uh, our first training session at uh, at the club, and and Malthouse used to love this circle shepherding. Um, everybody, all all the players would stand around in a circle, um, and there'd be three guys in the middle. And one guy would have the footy, one guy would be shepherding, and the third guy would be trying to get to the guy with the footy. So it was basically, you know, just a sort of a, a full-blown wrestle. But um, So I got given the shepherding on my first night there. And, you know, of course, everyone's standing around. It was a bit like a Coliseum-type <laughs> stuff. And, um, and John Anir was given the task of getting to the player. And um, he's charged me. So he's, um, he's come from about 20 metres and just <laughs> smashed straight into the back of me um, and I was lucky enough that I just grabbed his jumper on the way down and took him down with me. Um, so we'd both sort of gone to ground. Um, and as he came up, he just clocked me straight on the jaw sure. with this right hook. And I'm just, I'm sort of stunned. And I've gone home that night to mum and said, I don't know, I don't know if this is for me. <laughs> My teammates are belting the living crap out of yeah. me. Uh, you know, so um, yeah. he was a scary guy. Yeah, he yeah, was right. so full-blown... Yeah. Uh, focused and um, himself and Dean Turner, um, oh, yeah. you know yeah. those sort of guys. I think they felt threatened by the young guys coming in, yeah. oh, and yeah. that was his way of, um, mm. you know, really saying, "Well, you're going to have to earn it if you want it." Yeah, welcome you know. to the big league. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So going back to those days, mate. Um, you, know, you talked about a few training things there that Moldhouse did. Was there much in the way of like nutrition guidance and all that sort of? Th- did, they, did they give you? You know, were you were you having a meat pie and a durry at half time back in those <laughs> days, or was it like you know having jelly lollies and stuff like that, like they do these days? Yeah. So um, when I got to the club, uh, it was just really uh, starting to go full time. So there was guys like um, uh, Michael Brennan and uh, Peter Wilson and Andrew Lockyer that were still working sort of full time, um, and you know football was around that. Um, by sort of halfway through the nineteen ninety season. Um, yeah, that was just impossible because um, um, Mick 
was doing three or four training sessions a week and then we had weight sessions and then we had meetings and then we had, um, you know, yoga sessions, all sorts of stuff, you know. So yeah. it went, it transitioned from being, you know, sort of nearly full-time to being full-time. Yeah. And they had um, specialist weight coaches. Um, so Matt Barber, yeah, who's, yeah. Um, you know, really well-known. I think yeah. he might have even gone to Essendon at some point. Yeah. Um, uh, I think he looked after Dean Capabianco, the uh, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. sprinter, uh, hundred yeah. meter sprinter at oh, the yeah. time, um, and then you had specialist uh, sprints coach uh, Mark Neitz. Oh yeah, um, he was my high school teacher. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah, um, great guy. <laughs> really knew his stuff. Yeah, um, and then you had your um, you know your nutritionist, you know, that sort of tried to give the boys a good idea as to um, the best things to eat. Yeah. yeah. But we had a bit of a tradition um, in 1990. I think it all went all the way to 92 before they just said no. Um, but we'd uh, we'd go to um, so we'd train on the Friday morning for a Saturday game in uh, in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, so you'd train at Subi and then we'd drive out to the airport and you know you'd be able to leave your cars out there. So there was a drive-through um, Hungry Jacks on the way out <laughs> that were um, sponsors. So I you know, right, yeah. being. Um, you know, guys that like to look after our sponsors. Yeah, you know, we used to you know call Gotta past right and yeah. you know Peter Subic would have two yumbos and a thick <laughs> shake and a large fries and um, so we did that for three years. Yeah, right. Um, you know, uh, the day before a game, which is possibly the world's worst <laughs> stuff that you could probably do. Yeah. But um, in between all of that, you know, we, we certainly looked after our nutrition. When you got over there, there was yeah you know, there was all sorts of um, hydration type stuff on the plane. And when we got there, there was so much food over there. Yeah, right. Peter Material was in his element. He's, he's <laughs> like, this is free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, this is free, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. So um, one of the tricks over there was not to eat too much. Yeah, right. Because yeah. there was so much food and it was yeah. just constantly, you know, bananas and pastas and rices and all the stuff that you should be eating before a game. Yeah. Um, and I found that I overate for um, probably the first 12 months. Um, and you'd feel it on game day, you know, you just feel that little bit heavier. Sluggish, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so there was a big focus on that. Yeah. Um, you know, there was also, we had um, sports science guys come in, like Glenn Stewart, yeah. um, who, you know, so I think still at the Eagles now, um, that was, um, you know, really big on, and Brian Dawson, who was another, you know, really oh, yeah. well-known guy from... Swan Districts. Yeah. 2010 Premiership yeah. coach. Yeah. He was a lecturer at uh, yeah, U- yeah, UWA. Yep. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so um, it, it wasn't yeah. as... Scientific as it is now, obviously, but it had definitely started. It was the start of it, mm. and probably mm. great opportunities for people in those professions to yeah. get in, to get yeah. in, get their foot in the door in a professional organisation. That real yeah. turn of professionalism was probably around that time. Yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, eighties to nineties was a big change, wasn't yeah. it? Like, like yeah. you say, sort of part time um, footballers to full time footballers, mm. and the rise of sports science and all that sort of technology that comes in with nutrition yeah. and yeah, um, Smithy the the. 89 to, uh, sorry, 87, the Eagles started, 1987. Yep. Uh, from there to 1989, they never really had a training base. Mm. Mm. You right. know, so they were training at suburban ovals and yep. bringing yeah. out the gears and, you know, all the, yeah. all the strapping and, you know, the massage tables. And, you know, I wasn't there at that time, but I can only imagine just how tough that was, you yeah. know. Mm. Yep. Um, you know, now having coached, you know, you, you want everything set up as easy as possible because – there's already so much to um, to think about, yeah. you know. Yeah. But uh, it's it beggars belief that an AFL side was training at suburban grounds and all sorts yeah. of different yeah. grounds. It had yeah. no fixed base, yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for at least three years. Mm. Yeah. 
Did you have a ritual on game day that you used to follow? Like after you said you ate a bit too much and that uh, in the early days, did you eventually have something that you followed that was like a rigid thing for you, like a bit of a superstition or anything? Or definitely on the food side of things. Yep. Um, you know, you've got footballers that are so superstitious mm. it's beyond a joke you know there's guys that have to wear the same jocks and yep. um, there's guys that have to put their left sock on first you know there's just yeah the, the myriad of uh, personalities yeah. within a group is just incredible um, but in terms of food i just yeah really stuck to the pastas from if we played on a saturday you know you'd start carbo loading from thursday night yep. um, and it was pastas and 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 rices um, and heaps of bananas mm. um, because you know they were really good for stopping the cramping um, and plenty of water type stuff, you know. Ooh, so yeah. Um, yeah, I just you know I love spaghetti, I love Italian stuff. Yeah. Um, so that was really easy for me. Yeah. What about on game day? Would you sort of have like a, a brekkie and then that that was it, or do you have something closer to the game before you went out? Or yeah, so um, we played at all different times. You know, mm. we'd play sometimes at one o'clock in the afternoon. Sometimes it'd be like a five o'clock game. Yeah. Um, you know, so it would um, depend obviously on on when we play, but. Um, yeah, you generally just start with like a cereal or something or yep. some spaghetti on toast, you know, just the tinned spaghetti and so forth. Yep. Um, and, you know, they, they were the sort of good things before, before a game. Mm. Yeah. Classic. I love that tinned spaghetti. Oh, it's good stuff. <laughs> Got me S- through SB- uni. S- I grew up on that. SBC, I still <laughs> yeah. love it. You know, yeah, I just yeah. still drum it into the family yeah, wherever yeah. possible. Yeah. Bit, of, bit of cheese on the top. Oh, oh, yeah, oh the one that go. comes with cheese in it. You've oh, seen that? The right. cheese, yeah, SBC yeah. cheese. Or you chuck it in a jaffle. Um, oh yeah, uh, Breville sandwich. Yeah. Oh, they're yeah. good. good times. Toasted yeah, yeah. Sangers with the yeah. spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 real tongue burner. <laughs> do, you, do we do we yeah. need sponsors on this yeah, uh, yeah. On, on this show? Yeah. Yeah. SPC's just got we a few mentioned. No, yeah. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a, any uh, like diet plan now or nutrition plan now, or is it pretty much just like what you were eating back in the day? Do you, do you follow any sort of? You know, are you a keto person or a, just a? Paleo person, um, yeah. I, I, you love your red meat and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah, not not really a red meat person too much. Yeah, mm. I'll, I'll still eat it, so there's no problems. But uh, yeah, Andrea, my wife is uh, you know full on with the vegetables and salads and that sort of stuff. You know, we do everything in the world to probably avoid too much of it because yeah. we still prefer you know your chickens and you know your. Yeah, rissoles in our family yeah. are very big, yeah. and uh, um, you know we love our steaks and sausages and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, so I, I don't really follow anything in particular. Um, I don't eat as well as I should. Um, I get up at night all the time and read the paper and you know munch on chips and you know potato chips and and whatever else. But um, I also in between all that just obviously watch portion sizes and whatever else. Yeah. And um, because I'm coaching, I sort of have a bit of a run around with the boys from time to time. Um, so you've got to be in some sort of nick to be able to do that. Yeah. And um, we've actually got a game coming up, I think, uh, in about four weeks' time. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so um, uh, it's against um, the second-generation kids. So we've now got a whole heap of um, young kids coming through, like Josh. Yeah. Um, so there's uh, the Banfield boys and um, yeah. Macintoshes and Turnbulls oh. and oh, well, um, yep. the Maturas. That, oh, yeah, yeah, they've all yeah. got kids and um, they're all now at that 15, 16, 17 years of mm. age. Um, so we're playing against them oh. against uh, oh, really? before the Geelong, sorry, no, the Giants game. So oh, I think right. it's yeah. ra- round two oh, yeah. um, cool. at Optus Stadium. So oh, that'll be um, fun. Yeah. So, well, you're, so it's, you're it's not going to be much fun, Chris. We're going to get yeah. absolutely <laughs> <cream>. <laughs> So it's your Whitford's boys playing this second generation team? No, it's the um, all the um, ex-players. Yeah, so oh, the dads versus right. their kids. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, and um, cool. yeah, we used to build them up and we, yeah. We, we, yeah, we, we used to be able to beat them quite easily. But yeah. uh, now... 
the only way to build them up is to slow them down yeah. with a, <laughs> with a big shirt front. And, um, we'll have to yeah. use a few yeah. wishes <laughs> tricks. Mate. Yeah. mate, I would go to the footy to watch that game like, and, and leave when the Gold Coast game starts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, to be honest. Yeah. Especially yeah, if you played Nani's rules. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Did you have any other questions, Mick? Um, mate, you transition out of footy. Uh I think a lot of the a lot of the modern players now are uh, not just in AFL but across other sports are, are talking about uh, the complexities and the difficulties and and things like that. And I think there's a, a greater awareness sort of coming about through, you know, potential sporting careers of having something to look forward to outside of footy. How did, uh, I'm interested to find out how, how you found that transition and, and perhaps what you did and, and all that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, so there wasn't anything really um, formally in place for when you retired, back uh, back when I retired, and um, and they do it brilliantly now. You know, so that that's one area that's just come on in leaps and bounds. So they really get them heavily involved in um, life after footy, uh, probably halfway through their career. You know, um, you know that's if you're going to play obviously a heap of games. But they, you know, right from the st- time they start, they start sort of trying to um, point them in the right direction as to as to what they can do. And um, so I just sort of found my own way after after footy and ended up um, sort of running my own businesses and have done for the last sort of twenty years. I think um, 10 years of Malthouse yelling at you sort of, uh, you know, stops you from wanting to um, work for anybody else uh, at at any point. But um, uh, just as as an aside on that, and this is getting away from the question, but um, we caught up for our 30-year reunion last year. and. um, And uh, it was absolutely brilliant to see Mick. He was, um, he's a different man. He's, um, uh, he's, well, he's obviously not in a coaching environment, yeah. but he was um, mellow and engaging <laughs> and really? uh, a bit cuddly. And um, it was yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, like, is this you, Mick? Uh, yeah, you know? right. <laughs> so I think um, he's got a whole heap of grandkids. And, um, you know, from being a guy that was, um, yeah, not personal, yeah. You know, he stayed everything away from yeah. uh, from becoming personal. Yeah, right. I remember one um, end of season trip. We went to London, and we're in a um, English pub, and we'd just won our second premiership in. in th- so we'd played in three grand finals and won our second flag in three years, um, four years, and um, everyone went around and did a skull. You know, and it was just you know we were probably right at our peak yeah. um, in terms of the success and. Mick wouldn't drink. Oh, you know, it came to oh. him, and he just refused to have Flat a drink out. and whatever else. And that was him keeping the separation between him yeah. and the playing group. Yeah. Um. So coaching now has has changed dramatically. Yeah. But um, Mick, getting back to your question, um, they they you know they now obviously earn a stack of money. Um. So they've got mm. you know some real good financial planners with them the whole way along to make sure that they put that to good use. But they also um, transition them really well into, you know, what they want to do um, when they come out. Yeah. So yeah, the guys right. are, um, you know, if you play a certain amount of years now in the AFL, you've pretty much set for life. Yeah. 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 I could yeah. imagine you, mate, if you were coming out of the system now, you'd be a good journal, sports journal. You mm. reckon? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I could imagine you with a microphone, you know, yeah, pre-game absolutely. boundary yeah. rider. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A few of the boys have had a crack at that. Yeah. And, uh, be a tough gig. Tough gig. Yeah. 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 Could have a yeah. bit of personality. <laughs> you do. Some I think boys. I think Banner's had a good crack at it Yeesh. one year, and he wasn't too keen on uh, the boys ribbed him about his uh, his performances and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's the whole thing within this group. You know, they don't miss you for yeah. anything. Yeah. Did he retire, or did he uh, from the boundary riding, or did they tell him to? Uh, 
maybe move along. Oh, he definitely retired. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah he, he, did, to, he, he told me, you know, that yeah. uh, he retired. No. You know, yeah, because so. <laughs> yeah. have you been around the footy club since? You you were the runner for a little while, weren't you? I was. Yeah. Um, until I got sacked, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so we, we uh, David Hart and I were uh, the two runners. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, started under Judgy and then under Woosh. Yeah. Um, and um, we had... Um, uh, quite a few drinks on a few occasions the night before, and we probably weren't as sharp as we we should have been. And um, the two of us ended up on the field um, at the same time, three times. So um, we got a five thousand dollar fine from the oh. AFL, and then it went to ten thousand, then it went to twenty thousand. Um, so um, Trevor Nesbitt wasn't the happiest man alive by the time he'd costing him too much money. Fork, forked out our wages and then thirty five grand extra in fines. So I say we got sacked, but um, they went from two runners back to one, yeah. um, and they ended up just going with somebody that was uh, full time at the club. But yeah. um, that was so much fun. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah, yeah, that could be quite a good little insight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Around and I was um, I had a lot of fun with our you know learning yeah. all that player group. Yeah. Um, and that was all the Rat Pack, we called them. Yeah, you know, the cousins, cousins the guard, Judd. Yeah. All, that, all that lot. Yeah. I had to go and get my eyes lasered because I couldn't catch Judd or cousins and they'd see you coming, Fletcher and Kerr, and they were so quick. <laughs> and they'd see me coming and they'd just bolt, you know, yeah, and right. I was struggling to see you know, which one's which, you know. So, um, But, uh, yeah, that was that was just an enormous opportunity to, yeah. to get to know those guys really well. But yeah. Uh, um, yeah, they couldn't have us there too long, I think. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, we, we caused too many dramas from the, the monetary side. And the, <laughs> the other thing too, you know, we used to get on a bus and these guys were, you talk about the aura around John Worsfold, these guys were like, so quiet and so respectful wow. and they just yeah. you know that he just had this aura about him and um, you know, David Hart would get on a bus and he'd be yelling out as the runner. Bloody hell, Warsfold, you know, you averaged 11 touches a game. How do you play 200 games? And he'd just be, <laughs> just because he had that rapport yeah, and, the, yeah. the, you know, these young players just going, yeah. how do you talk to him like that? You yeah. know, like, um, so we ended up being a really good breaking down of barriers. Yeah, yeah. You know, between Wush and the player. In group. between. Yeah. Well, I, guess, I guess that's pretty good, mate, the young, the young crew showing the old mob a bit of respect. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, how do you yeah. find... The younger generation of young men. I mean, you know, you, you can go r real deep into this sort of thing with um, the demasculation of, of men and that sort of thing. And you know, boys are, are, are sort of encouraged not to be rough and tough boys anymore. You know, and sometimes it sort of creates a little bit of bit of a softer sort of society. I, I think boys these days are a lot different than the boys that we were when we were young. Yeah, how do you find them? You're around them. Yeah. You know? So. Um, both from a young AFL footballer viewpoint, you know, because I've spent quite a bit of time with, you know, your Tom Barasses and these sort of guys as, you know, as they've come through over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and also from, you know, the own 15 and 16-year-olds. I, I don't think that coaches yell and scream anymore. Mm, it just, yeah. you know, in the AFL that doesn't happen. Um, and I don't think it happens probably at school, um, you know, you certainly can't belt your kid in public anymore and <laughs> yeah. all this sort of stuff, you know, so yeah. parenting's changed. Um, so, yeah, they probably haven't had massive sprays, you know, yeah. throughout their junior career and also, um, you know, in the AFL now, you know. Um, I don't know what that breeds to be, quite honest. Um, you know, they seem to be very respectful, you know, the kids that have decided that they really want to have a crack at this stuff. Yep. Um, you know, they're certainly not the... Um, 
you know the you know the, the violence I guess on the footy field anymore is there either yeah, you know yeah. uh, everybody's much, yeah frowned upon and even the players don't you know they're they're, they're against it. Yeah, so um, things have definitely changed massively, yeah. and and they probably had to. I mean, you had guys running past the ball, didn't you? And you know, mm. I've seen Elbow some up, footage yeah. of players belting umpires, and yeah. you yeah. know, it you know there was stuff that used to happen that you know is really good that it's out of our game. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, you know they're they're still a tough breed of um, uh, of person. Yeah. They have to be tough to yeah. operate in the AFL, mm. um, but it's a different toughness now. Yeah, yeah. And I reckon that's where footy will always have its place, you know, in bringing up young men. You know, I reckon the footy culture, you know, being with your mates, looking after your mate on the field, you know, and just that team, that team camaraderie sort of feel that will always foster like strong young men. You know, mm. without footy, I reckon, you know, you, you, you can lose that. Yep. Yeah. Maybe especially playing club footy as well. Like the AFL's very clean now and you can't get away with anything because there's cameras everywhere and there's. 100,000 people watching you, but at a club level, it's probably still, well, AFL's a, st- a tough game, but probably club level, it's, um you know, it may be a bit more rough and tough as well. And it's yeah, definitely. Yeah. a tough. Yeah. I mean, there's, no, cam- there's no cameras at amateur some of those country, No, that's what I mean. Yeah. Some like, of those country leagues I've played in back yeah. in, when I was playing, they oh, were the toughest leagues. They yeah. Were just brutal. Like yeah. the old farm boys down south, the upper yeah, great southern leagues. Right, yeah. Man, that was the toughest league I've ever played in. Uh, you, you couldn't walk until Wednesday yeah. after a Sunday game. Well, I mean, that's one of the things coming out of like an AFL system. You know, you'd love to go and play locally, but you, you just can't. You know, mm, yeah. you, you're targeted so oh, bad. Yeah, and yeah. and um, you're right, those country leagues, I mean, they are seriously tough guys. Yeah. Mm. You yeah. know, and um, if you're dominating, yeah, you know, you've got a massive target yeah. on your head. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was one of the, you know, probably one of the things that I would have liked to have done. Uh, but, you know, I played a couple of quick games, got tagged, got belted, got, you know, yeah, and I'm like, I'm down here to have a bit of fun and a beer. Um, yeah. So that's mm. not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, old mate against you is there to prove prove himself against his mates. Yeah. Yep. Over the bar after the game. Yeah, I knocked out, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ball was 50 metres away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mate, I know you got to get going. Um, what are you doing with yourself now? Like, um, obviously, you, you're, tra- you're training the boys, you've got your businesses to run. What about your own? I see you're running a fair bit along the coast. You, you're still keeping fit running. Gee, you're very kind to me. Uh, sort of, uh, it's the Cliff Young shuffle, isn't it? You know? But um, no, we still uh, we still try and keep fit. Um, so we do, you know, walk, jog, that sort of stuff. Um, you know, I love water, so always in pools yeah. and that sort of stuff. Um, and apart from that, just sort of try and live fairly healthy, yeah. um, eat fairly healthy. Um, and these young guys, you know, that you, you know, and you would know better than anyone that uh, they keep you pretty young too. You know, the the way they banter amongst themselves is um, is Certainly different to um, you know when we were growing up, but it's still yeah you know, they, they 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 have a crack at each other nicely yeah, yeah yeah it's good good so the ankles going all right then it's all right yeah <laughs> oh that was another bad mistake you talk about bad mistakes about getting knocked out against uh, the Western Bulldogs but uh, Malthouse had spent the whole week um, telling us not to soccer the ball okay unless that ball stationary you do not soccer that ball and we were playing Collingwood at uh, at uh, Subi Oval. And I had Gavin Brown on me, and I had the best preseason. I just absolutely nailed the um, the preseason, and um, yeah, I was so super fit. And I'd kicked a couple of goals on him. And I think I had 
14 or 15 touches by the start of the second quarter. So, you know, for half forward, that's that's just huge. Well, yeah. And, um, you know, the ball's come out and it's sort of, I thought it was quite stationary, you know, but um, <laughs> in, when I looked at the replay, it wasn't really all that stationary and it was just that week that he'd sort of really mentioned it big time. And I sort of planted my foot and went to soccer. And just as I planted my foot, the you know, guy came through and just absolutely crumpled my ankle from the side. And um, and so, I, you know, I virtually missed that whole season. I, I came back after three weeks and, you know, I wasn't ready. And, you know, just it's, it buggered my whole year up. So yeah, um, right. you talk about that ankle. I still feel that today. Yeah. Uh, but, again, all my own fault. Yep, yep. Was that the season, the year that you nearly missed that grant, the premiership? Was that ninety two? That was ninety four. Oh right. Oh, no, so yeah, sorry, ninety two. That was the first one. I'd missed um, eleven or twelve games that year with uh, hamstring injuries. Oh, hammies, yeah. And every time I came back, you know, I'd play some good games, but then I'd um, sort of do it again. Yeah. And um, we played Geelong in the second semi, uh, which was the you know once we'd won that, we went straight through to the grand final, and we won that by something like eighty five points. And I didn't play in that game. Uh, I don't think Michael Brennan played in that game and I don't think Guy McKenna played in that game. So there was yeah. three of us um, at, you know, back, um, sitting back in Perth watching yeah. us flog Geelong by 14 or 15 goals um, to go straight into a grand final. And um, Jeez, you would have been sweating. You're thinking, how am I going to make it into this side? Yeah, and I mean, that was the culmination, you know. That was the, you know, the, the chance to atone for the year before. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I always tell the story that, you know, I came out on that Monday at training and, you know, was sort of bounding around sort of trying to, um, you know, prove True, that yeah. I was going to be okay. And not, I remember Michael Brennan grabbing me by the jumper and sort of jumper punching me. I was like, hey, what's going on? He said, mate, don't prove anything this week. Prove next yeah, week that right. you're ready to go and I still maintain to this day that I would have pulled a hamstring that week just being yeah so going too hard or yeah, yeah trying to prove and, yeah and it gave us the week off um or not the week off but it gave us another week just at half pace stuff and then um they put us all through these pretty full-on um fitness tests uh early in the week yeah. for the grand final that year but then they still had to slot three guys back in and three guys came yes, out and um yeah. you know you had guys like david hart, david hart was, yeah. and david hines yeah. um that missed and that's why when we ended up winning the 94 grand final and those guys played in it Got it was yeah. just yeah it was an it. amazing yeah, thing and you know they're yeah. two of my closest mates to this day yeah yeah you know but uh you know they had to come out of that 92 side for you know, the three of us to come back in. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how things work out, isn't it? Yeah, you know, Monkey Brennan. Yeah. Well, what do they call him, Monkey? Oh, I wanted to talk nicknames. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to ask, because, <laughs> you know, as a young bloke, you, you, you get your footy card, and your favourite player, Brett Hetty, number one, nicknamed Jobby. And when you're 10, you're like, I don't, I don't really get that. What's, why is he Jobby? wonder why his nickname. And then you get to 14 or 15, and you've got a mate with the surname Mike, uh, surname Hunt, and you, you nickname him Mike, and <laughs> you got you got a bloke called Clint, and his nickname's Taurus, and then you go, ah, oh, I get I get the jobby reference now, but tri- it was tricky because they used to ask me all the time, you know, exactly yeah, as you the, just the, said, the, Chris, the, you the know, press like, would probably ask you, what's jobby, you yeah. know, like, and of course, I was always oh, because I just love my job, you work know, hard. I'm like, How do you explain that to young kids? I yeah. mean, goodness gracious, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were pretty creative. You yeah, know, some of, who some came of, up with that one? Anyone? Oh, can't remember. Guy McKenna was always a shocker. Oh yeah, you know he was the um, resident um, shit stirrer. Yeah, you know, he was the one that you'd go out to training 
and he'd take your brand new car and hide it behind the three tier stand, <laughs> you know, and yeah, you know, he did that to Kempi and you know, it was fifty thousand dollar sports car, you yeah. know, with no insurance and you know, Kempi was pretty much in tears. But he'd also <laughs> his favourite one was uh, he'd get the deep heat and he'd rub that in everyone's jocks, oh. you know. <laughs> so he'd put it on, you'd be halfway home and uh, and I used to live in Sorrento, you know, so I'd be halfway down the freeway and I'd have to pull over because, oh. you know, the uh, the, the wedding tackles, buddy, uh, yeah, completely on fire, and um, uh, yeah, so he was probably the he yeah, was one yeah. that came up with a lot of that stuff. Yeah. But um, David Hart was Juf, um, so Juf Hart, yeah, oh, yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah. So, there, yeah, there was uh, there some was creative some, ones out some, there, yeah, some really good it's ones, pretty good. I mean, that's what a footy club's all about, isn't yeah, it, that's right, yeah, yeah, building yeah. that community, yeah. and yeah, yeah. Uh, what about uh, like when you're playing on the field, though, were they were they just like because you want to have a short, sharp name, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Quick, 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 quick. Yeah, just say job, job, job. Yeah, job. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, you talk about on the field, uh, you know, that's changed dramatically now. Yeah. I said before that I enjoyed being a runner. I was yapping to every opposition player. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, in those days, Matthew Carr and Josh Carr used to double team Chris Judge, you know. Yeah. And, you know, just smash him off the ball. And they'd physically stop him from getting to a a stoppage. Yeah. You know, so they weren't just hitting him around the ball while the, you know, the, the umpire was throwing it up. They'd stop him getting there, you know. Oh man, did I call Matthew Carr every name? And he <laughs> bloody cracked me. He's um he's uh, he's had a swing at me and just sort yeah. of clipped one of my ears, which to be honest, oh, it's geez. pretty hard to bloody miss. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, swinging so. from five meters away. Yeah, <laughs> but the stuff that used to be said on the football field when we were playing in the nineties, oh, I mean, yeah. you couldn't get away um, with that stuff now. Yeah, yeah right. Was, um, so um, there was a lot of like um like you know banter like sledging all day sledging. long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, but now the umpires got mics, and you, you'd be able to hear it, wouldn't you? They used to call me Prince Charles, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's I mean, he's rough. got big, big, um, big ears, I suppose. You know, yeah. so uh, I understand it a little bit. But um, and then that again, they'd ask me, "Why do they call you Prince Charles?" And I say, oh, "I'm in love with his wife." You know, <laughs> lady died back in the day, you know, and you know, oh, yeah, sort of come up with that sort of stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah, things have changed a bit out there. It's certainly cleaned up in terms of what the guys can say on the yeah. field. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you reckon that yeah. takes away from the game a bit? Like, was that sort of a good part of the game where you, you'd obviously get it, but you'd give it as well? Or? I think they still sledge, yeah, um, big time. Yeah, you know, yeah. talking to Luke Shuey about this, they they okay. still have yeah. a real good red hot go at each other, mm, but yeah. they are very very careful as to. Um, you know what they say. Yeah, choose okay. their words. Yeah, yeah. so um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think there's still a bit, fair bit going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be careful what you say mm. and to whom. Yeah, Mick, how about you, mate? Brett, Any Brett, questions? Who would you say the best player you ever played with was, and also against was? I'm really interested because you you were you were in an era where there was plenty of champions, and you know that that would be amazing to find out who who your who the thoughts are that. You thought it was anyway. Yeah, so in terms of who I played against, uh, it would be Wayne Carey, um, only because he was just um, a presence, you know, like he was just incredible. Um, You know, when he was there, you were never safe, you know, like he'd just turn a game really quickly. And, you know, we were lucky enough that we had a guy that, um, you know, could could beat him, him. um, you know, as often as, you know, Kerry beat Jacko, Jacko probably beat Kerry, mm. you know, more times. But um, that guy was just incredible. Um, strong, fit, and had that 
aura about him. Um, also yeah. had you know guys like James Hurd that um, was seriously underrated yeah. in terms of what a you know what a gun he sort of was, yeah. and then probably Gary Ablett Senior was yeah. the other one that was just so mercurial. So probably those three, um, and in terms of playing with. That, you know that's a that's a lot tougher for me. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, I um, obviously played with um, Peter Matera mm-hmm. and Dean Kemp, who I um, both rated you know super high, um, and also you know because he had started his career um, when I was at the Eagles, so I played a couple of years with him. Um, you know, those three are the ones that probably um, stand out the most in terms of who I played with. Um, Chris Judd was next level. Yeah. Um, you know, if you go back and watch some of his footage, for a guy that's relatively Unreal. thin, he had that unbelievable core strength and yeah. um, they couldn't catch him. Yeah. A bit like Robert Harvey, you know, you tried to tackle him and it was just, you couldn't. It was like yeah. um, the strongest through the through the hips and um, and Juddy also had that acceleration away yep. from the game. So, um, you know, I'd say he would be right up there in terms of what I've, what I've seen. Yeah. Um, even though I didn't get to play with him. But I know I probably didn't answer your question in terms of one person. Um, Jacko no, will perfect, be man. absolutely filthy at me that I've, um, <laughs> I've, I, I haven't mentioned him. Um, the big bullfed, um, what did he win? He must have won four or five uh, fairest and bests and, um, and um, yeah, just an amazing footballer from yeah. the time he was 16. Yeah. Um, Malthouse didn't play him, I think, for the first five or six games in yeah. his first year because he just was such a big... Um, personality oh. and he just really wanted to sort of you know push him back in his box a little bit but um, y- you know you couldn't um, yeah. yeah still one of the highlights of my career was trying to get the cub off him in that uh, yeah, you yeah. know grand final <laughs> lap because oh my god I've never seen a bloke uh, own it so much in, in all my entire life but um, yeah we had some outstanding um, you know footballers so it's quite hard to um, yeah. to uh, put one above the others but yeah I'd probably say um, Cousins um, Kemp and Matera were the three for me. Yep. Um, but there were so many outstanding players. You could put another f- probably three or four names in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's unreal. Yeah. Well, mate, we're um, mindful of your time. You're yeah. a busy man. Thanks so much for, for coming and chatting with us. And, you know. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Especially as a Eagles fan in the 90s. It's, uh, yeah, an honour. Thank you. Sure Mate, was. thanks for having me, you guys. And you. Smithy, I hope you knew some of those names that were sort of thrown up there, you know. And yeah, uh, I was trying to keep up, yeah. <laughs> I did throw James Hurd out there. Yeah, you did, know, appreciate sort of that. Very appreciate late, that. you yeah, know. Yeah. So he was a, a, <laughs> I hope he gets back into footy, Hurdy. I hope he gets back into it. Mm-hmm. Isn't he back? He's back, isn't he? Well, yeah, I think he's sort of edging. I think uh, I think you looked at the um, the GWS coaching panel and there were three uh, Essendon players. I think there was um, him. Um, McVeigh. McVeigh was Shady. one. Uh, I don't Solomon? Know Solomon was Solomon. there? Yeah, he was at Freo for a while. Yeah, those yeah. three were sitting there on the in the coach's box. So I, I hope he comes back too, but I think, um, you know, from what I'm hearing, that, um, you know, that there was some board members that were backing him to come back and be the Essendon coach recently. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. and um, that's really hurt him that he didn't get that, um, that yeah. job. So yeah. I don't think he'll ever be at... Essendon again. That's nah. that's my gut feeling. And now. I sort of, as a, as a bomber supporter, I think they sort of had to do that in a way. You know, as much as I would have loved him to come back to the club, I think they had to do it just for the the look. You know, um, just move those that era, uh, push that era away. You know, forget about it, move on. Um, I reckon you got a gun there. I reckon you've mm. um, you've done really well. Essendon. Yeah, yeah, I'd be very surprised if they weren't top eight this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I know it's been a little while, but 
And I don't been, want to get your hopes up. Don't we've been yeah. saying that for a few years, haven't we, Roo? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, we have been. I reckon the two sides to look out for this year will be Carlton and Freo. I reckon Carlton should have made finals last year. Uh, they they stuffed that game up against Collingwood uh, to make the eight in that last round. Freo are, Freo are looking good. They've got some good young players. I reckon they're the two teams to look out for. Yeah. If you gave me two, I'd probably say, um, well, three probably, Fremantle, um, Richmond. Richmond. Surely, yeah. surely they've yeah. got to get better with those two gun mids yeah. coming yeah. in. Yeah. Um, and Geelong, I mean, how did they um, yeah. How did they win a flag by 13 or 14 goals and get pick seven and a young gun <laughs> okay. in Tanner Brune? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you would think that they're just going to get better yeah. too, you know, so... What a yeah. shit grand final. Yeah. I mean, what it may tell you, like, how many shit grand finals yeah. have we had? I actually, after that grand final, I googled um, the, the, the last 10 years, and I think in the last 10 years we've had uh, two or three uh, close grand finals mm. in that period. Yeah, yeah, if you have a look at it, it's something ridiculous yeah. where the, the rest of them are all blowouts. It's a shame, isn't it, when you get a blowout? Yeah. So oh. much build up. Yeah, the, the GWS yeah. Uh, Richmond one, the Richmond uh, Adelaide Grand final, they were just blowouts. It was done by half time. I remember a Port yeah. Adelaide one too, but that was probably going back a yeah. bit, bit further. But yeah, uh, they got yeah. Dumped, didn't they? Just love a close grand final. I mean, those West Coast grand finals yeah. back in was it 07, 08 with Sydney? 6 7. 6 7? Yeah, where they won, you know, two points and then one no, point. Five and six. Sorry. Five and six. Yeah. That Lost was pulsating six. stuff, wasn't yeah, it? You yeah, know, that was every score was yeah. just uh, critical. Yeah. And you love watching AFL footy. Um, St Kilda and Collingwood, that uh, drawn oh, grand drawn final. One, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've never seen guys that exhausted at the end of a, a, a game. Yeah. And when it's close like that the whole time, you know, you don't have any chance to rest. Yeah. yeah. Well, that sure tackle and against that, um, the smother, Rewalt, the smother in, the in the square, the square oh, it changed, it turned the whole game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that was the last game summer, yeah. they played the replay, wasn't it? They, that was the last time they played yeah, the yeah. replay. Mm. Yeah. How do you think the boys have shaken up this year, Brett? Um, really good. So I went out with uh, Jared Schofield on the weekend, who's the mids coach, and um, uh, he's um, really bullish on, on how the lads are going. So he's... Um, He's yeah. The, the Eagles have been criticised for chip, chip, chipping it across half back and not really going forward. And so a big focus has been one getting the players fit, and they've had pretty much their full squad out there for most of the preseason. Um, but also moving the ball a bit quicker. And um, yeah, they've got some um, some good kids that have uh, been picked up. That Campbell Chess is um, yeah. very good player, quite physical, and he's um, he's going to be ready to go. And um, that um, Ruben Ginby, yeah. um, the number. Eight or nine pick from yeah. last year. Um, he's yeah. pretty much ready to go. Um, and then that Elijah Holland's probably a bit more of a um, a work in progress, but he's got a bit of Petrarca, um, you know, that oh, yeah. sort of style of, you know, oh, that, yeah. that big yeah. bull, but he doesn't have the tank just yet. Yeah. So they'll have to sort of manage him a little bit. But um, just the fact that they're going to get. Nat Nui and Shuey and yeah. Dom Sheed and all the guys that missed so much Oscar, footy last Oscar year. Allen. Yeah. Oscar Allen. Um, yeah. You know, so the fact that they're going to get their best players back, plus have a few of these kids coming in, plus they're actually fit, um, you know, you'd think that they will improve dramatically. I mean, yeah, right. they'd want to. I mean, they won two games last year. and yeah. uh, I think their percentage was 50 or 60% yeah. or something, wasn't it? You know, so it was a shocking year. Yeah. But, um, you know, I don't know if they're going to be challenging the Richmonds and – Fremantles and, um, you know, Geelongs, but I reckon they're going to be um, around that around top eight mix, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Jared was very um, bullish on them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. 
Well, all the best for West Coast and all the best yeah. for your boys too, mate, this year. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll definitely come down and watch a few games. Oh, sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, good luck, Beautiful. mate. Appreciate Thanks. you coming in. Thank Thanks you for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me, lads. We could sit here and talk about footy all day. Yeah, we could. Yeah. Gotta go. Thank you, mate.